When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth. The fountain of truth about what? Well, the fountain of truth about aging. And that is something all of us, everywhere in the world, regardless of our politics, regardless of any of our beliefs, are doing every single day. If there's anything that we share, it's the fact that we are all aging, everybody on the planet. And so for five years, I've been bringing you the most important news so that you age well, you age successfully, and you help your loved ones, younger and older than you, age well as well. And today we're going to focus on something, and and I'm going to admit to you, I feel a little bit of embarrassment here. It passed me by that it was a very special week last week, the National Assisted Living Week. And I got a message from a company that you ought to know about. It's called Care Patrol, and they help folks choose assisted living. And as you know, we do not take any paying guests This is all guests I choose because I think you should hear from them. And I had the opportunity yesterday, and I'm going to explain this to our guest in a couple of minutes, of actually suggesting Care Patrol. So you'll be able to understand what they do, what they may be able to do for you, but also with our guest who's the founder, Eric Klein, we're going to find out what's going on with COVID, how safe is it now, can you or should you demand to see your relatives? If you have somebody, a loved one, as I suggested yesterday to somebody else, who perhaps needs to go into assisted living, what are the questions you should be asking? These are important things to know. And they're particularly important uh, to hear from an expert on what you ought to know, who himself does not offer assisted living, but offers the knowledge you need to make the right choice. And aside from the right choice, before we go to our guest, one piece of housekeeping We are getting to the registration point, over 500 registrants, to our conference, our virtual conference, targeting metabesity, delaying the diseases of aging, preventing them, and even age reversal. Yes, it's not science fiction. Free of charge to all of my listeners. Go to metabesity2020.com. I know you never heard the word. M-E-T-A-B-E-S-I-T-Y. Yes, like metabesity. Big obesity, metabesity. The fact is that it's the word that geroscientists use for how we age. Metabesity.com, a four-day conference. It includes geroscience. It includes the issues of loneliness, assisted living, life purpose, and it includes a day for investors and what you should be investing in. That's on the 15th because we do have a new sector called the sector of longevity. So metabesity2020.com. Or go to my website, my brand new website, adrianberg.com. Go to contact Adrian, and I'll send you a code that will give you not only free registration, which everybody gets, but all the recordings free of charge. So this is something you're going to want to do. That's adrianberg.com. All right. Now let us go to our guest. I thank you so much, Eric Klein, for being with us, for reminding me. I was terrible. Forgot. National Assisted Living Week. So before we do anything, explain to us, some people don't know the difference, Eric, between nursing homes, senior communities, assisted livings, CCRCs, continuing care communities. Just give us a definition in your mind 
of what it's like right now. Uh, do these senior residences still fall into distinct categories or are they kind of blended? Let us know uh, how Care Patrol sees these different residential communities. Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, Care Patrol is a free service that helps seniors navigate the senior living process. And that process of a finding assisted living, memory care, and in-home care falls into a couple categories like you mentioned. Independent senior living is really a senior living community without a lot of service. Um, it provides a community, it provides a common area, and people have the opportunity to bring in service, but there's not a care component to that. The next level is assisted living, and assisted living helps with the activities of daily living. So there's a distinction because those services are provided usually in a community environment, which could be a small group home or a large big box community. Um, very often when an acuity level rises, people in assisted living go into memory care. That could be included in assisted living, or it could be a standalone community. And if the acuity level goes so high that there's a skilled need that's necessary, that's what we think of as a nursing home. So there's definitely distinct categories. A continuing care community has all of those services within one community. You can come in at independent living, and as your care needs progress or change or get more complex, you could stay within that community and move through assisted living, memory care, and skilled care. So I was telling you uh, during our uh, introduction to each other before the show, and I told my listeners that I actually suggested Care Patrol for somebody. And I'm going to tell you why, and then this leads to a question. This was a very good friend of mine. She happens to be 95 years old, and she headed our meditation group for years. But now she's in what is really a skilled nursing home. In, in the field, we call them SNFs, uh, skilled nursing care. But it's like a CCRC. She could go into assisted living if she gets rehabbed and so on. It's the kind of thing that you could get rehabilitated because it's a, it was a diabetes issue. But she really wants to go home, Eric, and you know they want to go home. People want to go home or stay home in the first place. So here's uh, what I suggested. I said, call up Care Patrol. See what they have to say. She has four daughters all over the world, so everybody's going nuts. Everybody with the diff four daughters, five opinions, right? So call up see what they have to say. And here's my question. I went to Leading Age, which is a big conference, and I was a speaker there, and I heard some of the other speakers, and they said that even though they were nursing homes, even though they were assisted living, they were offering their services in the home, not just to get an aid, but all their services. Is Care Patrol seeing that? Are you seeing this shift to home care, not with the individual family being the caregivers, not the individual family even hiring the caregivers, but actually belonging to an assisted living community that offers out services. Is that just something that was, you know, cutting edge and I heard about it at a conference or is it really happening? Well, I, I do think there's talk about that. And while that is cutting edge, we're not seeing that within our territory. Um, mm -hmm. people, people do want to stay at home and we do surround them with care teams, but those assisted living services are not yet being offered in the home to the extent that you mentioned. Yeah. Interesting. I, I thought so, but I wanted to check. Uh, now, one of the things I had asked you was if there's a message you've got and we have a, two minutes for that, and then we're really going to blow it out in our next session. Uh, if, if there was a message that you want everybody to know, 
you said, oh, I want everyone to know that assisted living isn't dead, that all that happened with COVID did not close our doors. Tell us a little bit about why you have that opinion. Well, I have that opinion because I think a lot of what people perceive about assisted living has been framed and shaped by the media. And the media is not distinguishing between skilled nursing care and assisted living communities, which have really done an excellent job of putting protocols in place to protect their residents. So when people ask me if I think senior living will recover, um, I'm convinced that the answer is definitely yes. And I'm encouraged to see the signs uh, in the assisted living communities that it's going to emerge stronger than ever. You know, I did a, I did a webcast called Better Than Normal, and it was pretty much about that. It was for a group um, called Senior Care Communities Forum. And it, I'm very proud of what assisted livings have done. And there is a difference between people with comorbidities that are very ill that could not take the onslaught of COVID and those who are kind of uh, socializing, enjoying their socialization over there. This is living. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Eric Klein, uh, who founder of Care Patrol, about what you ought to know to select the right assisted living and why some of them came out so well during this COVID situation. Don't you go anywhere. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. A little bit of bookkeeping, as we always do. The bookkeeping is everything we do is free. Now, let me say that again. Everything we do is free. So that means if you go to adrianberg.com, and you go to contact Adrian, you can have a consultation with me. You can uh, learn about our conference, metabesity2020.com, which is free. What is it? It's free. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which has hints and tips on successful aging, which is, guess what? Free. So <laughs> as is our podcast, no paywalls here. All right. Uh, how do we do it? Well, we do it because I am the executive director of a nonprofit called the Catalyst Institute for the Delay and Prevention of Age-Related Diseases. It's very geroscience-oriented. However, what every geroscience will tell you is eat your chicken soup, exercise, have life purpose, right? Have great relationships and socialize because it's more important than medicine. Everyone will tell you that. And that's what all of my work with you as the, as, as the public is all about, revving you up to enjoying the wonderful decades ahead, no matter how old you are right now. Okay. So one of the things you may need to do is understand that one day some things will catch up with you and you will need assisted living. And it's not so uh, the crisis of your life. It can be truly pleasant and a new chapter in life. And here we have Eric Klein, who is, I think he says he's from Chicagoland, but he, he has one of the uh, premier um, uh, organizations with Care Patrol that helps you select these assisted livings. And he wanted me to make sure that 
we tell that he's not the founder. He is the owner of Care Patrol, and I think he calls it Chicagoland. So, Eric, let's talk about that. People, and my mother is included, do not want to leave their home. They don't realize the benefits of assisted living. And I'm very keen on it because I think my mother would be alive today if she was in assisted living. I think she passed away too soon because she insisted on staying by herself. So so tell us some of the benefits that you see and, and why some of them really emerged from COVID pretty good with people really thriving, still thriving. In fact, being the cheerleaders for their own families who are not in assisted living. Tell us what some of the good things that you've seen about this. Well, you know, it's pretty common to hear seniors say that they don't want to leave their home. And very often we might offer a solution to keep them in their home for a period of time. But what we see happening is people reach a level of care where they do have to consider care outside the home. And assisted living is such a wonderful opportunity because it offers a connection an engagement and a sense of purpose that an older adult will experience in these communities. And it's very important um, as a contributor to extend their life, to extend them socially and allow them just to enjoy so that they can finish strong. It fills an important need. You know, it's, a, it's pretty frustrating though. Uh, let's admit it, particularly for the kids. Uh, the, the woman I spoke to yesterday, a friend of mine, I told you 95. Uh, she's already in assisted living, but she, the jury is out. She really wants to go home. The kids are trying to get her to stay. And I said, well, describe the place. She described a place, Eric, that was beautiful. Not too far from one of her kids, all the grounds, all the activities, all of everything. And she also had care, good care. So I said, so what's wrong with the place? And she said to me, it's not home. And I said to her, you know, it's only not a home because the people around you aren't your friends yet. It's like high school. You got to get your click and things will change. So are there... Are you seeing assisted livings trying to help people socialize with each other? I know there are activity directors that will give you bingo and courses, but what about the idea of simply mingling? What's the best practices that you at Care Patrol see when you look at some of these assisted livings? You know, uh, the, the socialization component of assisted living is so critical. And it's um, when seniors are isolated in their home, the um, psychosocial impact of that is very real. Isolation isn't good for anybody. And a good assisted living community is gonna promote that socialization in a way that you just can't do on your own at home. Very often seniors go into those homes and after a period of time, when they find friends that they never knew they had, the one comment we hear all the time is that we wish we would have done this sooner because they form relationships and bonds that last a lifetime and really give them the opportunity to thrive and to finish strong. You know, when somebody goes to Care Patrol, I understand what you're likely to ask the assisted livings. What do they provide? How safe are they? What's their environmental and situational monitoring? All these things. But what do you ask the people? When somebody calls you, it's a free service. Um, and they say, well, like her, they have four daughters. Or like my case, I was an only child. There was nobody else in the family making inquiry about this. And my mother was very adamant about not going into any kind of a facility. She called it a facility, not a community, uh, not a residence. And uh, another friend of mine whose parents did go, when she went to visit her, they said, my daughter put me here. 
like like they, like she went to jail, right? <laughs> and these were beautiful places. Let me tell you, this is not you know. So what do you ask the family? What do you ask the older adult? What to help place them in the right place so they don't feel that way? Right. So at Care Patrol, we're not a list service. Um, we get very engaged with our families and do what's called a care discovery that has a clinical review for care needs and also a financial review to figure out what people can afford. And as we walk through that process, we provide education and we provide knowledge um, as to what they can expect, what their care needs will be, and how those will be taken care of within a community. And we want to kind of slow the world down for the family and find out what's important to them, what's going on in their life now, and why do they feel that they might need to make a change. And even if they are fearful, we help um, walk through those fears as we navigate that senior living process and educating them about the communities. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the big complaints I get from the elders is they made the decision so fast and the quickness didn't come from them. It came from their kids. So in one of my uh, talks, I talk about why won't mama listen to me? That's one of my most popular talks, Eric. Everybody wants to know why their mother doesn't listen to them. They're so right. Well, because they want the decision to make quickly and older adults are wise. They've got a lot of experience. And so there's a lot of things they take into consideration and they are slower decision makers. Do you find that? Do you sometimes find that you have to slow down the decision? Because you just mentioned that, Eric. You know, um, we do have to slow down the decision sometimes. Transitions can be difficult and leaving your home can be difficult. And placement is a process. And it's not just for the senior, it really is for the entire family. But the senior needs to have buy-in. They need to have ownership of that decision. And that's part of what we do is we educate the families, walk them through the process so that the senior is imparted with that knowledge and that education to make a good decision. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, sometimes the decision is wrong. And what people don't realize is they can move. It's not like it's not like prison where they don't let you out. Uh, I actually I had an apartment in Manhattan that I rented to somebody else, and it was a, it was a gentleman, and he had been in assisted living, and he found it wasn't right for him. He was a Columbia professor all of his life, he was in his mid eighties, and he left, and he left, and he came to an apartment with a an, an elevator and with a, a restaurant right downstairs, and he wasn't that far from the library in Columbia, and he moved from his home, from his big house that he couldn't deal with anymore, but he did not move uh, into an assisted living when he tested it and he didn't like it. When we come back, we're going to talk about that and the decision-making issues that we all face. Don't you go anywhere. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. For my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age, da 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 da. And hello, 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 this is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the fountain of truth about aging. I'm gonna go right to our guest. 
because if you are in a situation right now where somebody in your family or yourself is ready to consider assisted living there at that stage, you may feel that it is the worst time in history to have to go into an assisted living community and you may balk at it, period. I uh, did a, a webcast the other day when I explained it on my other, uh, at the last segment, it was called, Why Won't Mama Listen to Me? And it was very difficult for the baby boomer child to help their older adult parent do the right thing about assisted living. And the person who hired me to speak, I asked, is there anybody in your family that had COVID? And he said to me, my father, and he died. And we had the funeral on Zoom. Boy, oh boy, was I reeling from having asked that question and getting the answer. So I understand that thankfully there's nobody that I could tell such a story about in my life, but I understand how scary this could be if somebody does need assisted living right now. So we're here today with Eric Klein. He's going to tell us about uh, what he sees as, as an owner of uh, Care Patrol in the Midwest, in Chicago and area. Um, with regard to navigating this COVID situation for people who are already in assisted living or may need to go into assisted living right now. Take it away, Eric. You know, when it comes to the virus crisis, 2020 has really been a year to forget. Um, the, vi <laughs> the virus is... Yes, thank you. <laughs> right, you're right. right? The, go ahead. the virus has really been a big blow to seniors and to the senior living industry. And a lot of that has to do with fear and there is a differentiation between perception and reality. For people that are in assisted living communities, those communities have really risen above and beyond to do an outstanding job to protect their residents. And early on, we were getting calls from families that wanted to pull people out, bring them home. And we were encouraging them to keep them in place, that there was no safer place for them to provide the care in an environment that would reduce their exposure to hospitals and other healthcare providers and allow them to just endure and um, navigate the crisis within that community. For people that are outside that are considering placement, um, we are helping base that decision on the level of necessary care. Uh, there are drawbacks to staying at home and there are advantages to being placed in a community even during a crisis and part of Care Patrol's job is to help find the communities that have the protocols in place to keep their loved ones safe. Yeah, we should know where how to find you. I was kind of remiss on that. Uh, I'm sure you have a website on all this with lots of information. So share that with us, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can find us at carepatrol.com. C-A-R-E-P-A-T-R-O-L.com. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I don't think I've had anyone on my show in five years that didn't mention something personal about their own parents or their own experience. Uh, if it's an entrepreneur, let's say like yourself, they would mention something. A banker would mention something. A geroscientist would say, well, you know, I was thinking of pediatrics, but this is what happened to my mother. So I became a geroscientist instead. So you have your own personal story. We, we all do. And how did you make that journey? You know, I had spent a year in a uh, career in advertising and marketing, focusing on healthcare, pharma, and senior living space. And I thought I really understood it until my parents got sick. I realized that I was 
basically the guy putting lipstick on the pig and that I knew very little about the care component of those services. So when my parents got sick and I started educating myself and realizing how difficult that process was, I realized the need to help families navigate that senior living process. And that's how I found Care Patrol. You know, it's very interesting. As I say, we all have our own stories and, and, we, and we therefore all have our own bias. And I have a bias toward assisted living the way you do. People wonder why, because I'm a big one for gusto living and being independent. But it's because my mom, I think, did not have to pass away when she did. And it was no one was there. She wasn't being totally monitored. It looked good on the surface, but it wasn't. So what I want to explain to everybody out there, and it's a big mantra of mine, a friend of mine who um, created wonderful uh, home health care system said that older adults are like potato chips. They look good, but they break very easily. And this is what I did not understand. And I'm, it's my message to everybody out there. Don't take the rhetoric of the older adult. Work with them, not against them, to make the right decision. And sometimes you need a specialist. Sometimes you need a diagnostician. Should they go and stay at home? Should they go into a resident? And I like these companies like Care Patrol and, and even their competitors. And there are some, not too many probably less than you would think, uh, that help you navigate that system. All right. Now, one of the things, and this is, you know, the elephant in the room, Eric, is money. The stories I was telling you, the people I was talking about, they had money. And I think my mom maybe was secretly resistant to this because she did not want to take somebody else's money and she didn't feel she had enough of her own. Uh, I know you're a CSA. We haven't actually had certified senior advisors on our show. I explained to you, Eric, that in the early days when it just started the certification, I actually taught uh, the uh, at CSA. But you are a certified senior advisor, and that has to do with figuring out people's means. And what do you feel? Do you feel that there's an equality here, or we have a lot of haves and have-nots? What's your take on this? when you look at different families and what they can afford and what they can't afford? You know, uh, we see a wide range, everybody, uh, for everywhere from families on Medicaid to very wealthy families, and affordability is an issue. Uh, when people are wealthy, they have the means to find that private pay care. When they are on Medicaid, uh, the state is providing options for that care. But for the most part, that middle ground is where we focus on. And we help people find creative payer sources. Um, it may be personal contribution, family, family contribution. It could be using the equity in the home. Uh, we could access VA benefits like aid and attendance. Um, I even found a Holocaust survivor that was able to get reparations from the German government that were paid for long-term care. So we, can, we really focus on that financial component so that we can find a plan that's affordable financially, that allows people to age in place for the rest of their life. You know, the issue of chronic care, and this is what it's called, it's an ugly name, you know, but it's chronic care means that you're not going to get better. But it's not acute. You didn't have a heart attack. You don't have cancer where they give you three months to live. You're going to live with whatever it is, the memory issues, some dementia, maybe mobility issues. And what we're getting better at in this country is helping you live longer and longer with chronic diseases. As a result, it's very expensive. And the government is paying for less and less of it. So the idea of, have, of being, let's say, strategic 
and figuring things out. So let me ask you before we, we close, this is a yes or no answer before we go to our next segment. Are you finding people have long-term care insurance or by and large, they do not? By and large, they do not. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about something very exciting, which is delaying and preventing these chronic diseases. That doesn't mean that you're not better off in a social facility, but you're always better off if you don't bring with you years and years and years of chronic diseases. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Once again, a little bit of housekeeping. My new book, it's not so new anymore, it came out in January, uh, is called The Retirement Income Explosion. And what it's really all about is ways of getting perpetual income. I call it golden goose income. Money that lasts as long as you do and beyond. Because the risk with insurance used to be that we were going to die young. So we needed insurance for our kids, our spouses. Today, the risk is that we're going to live a long time and we can't afford it. And so what we really need for retirement now is maybe 20, 30 years even for baby boomers of income that just doesn't disappear no matter how long we live. And so the book, The Retirement Income Explosion, uh, is my latest book. It's my 14th book on money and personal finance. And what I did because of Kindle, I was able to make it very, very inexpensive. So you can go to Amazon or if you go to adrianberg.com, you can subscribe to my free newsletter and we give you a discount even on the book. In addition to this, the book has its own website, which is retirementincomeexplosion.com. And there you not only can get the book, but you can get a lot of free additional material that I really couldn't get into the book. So we have with us today Eric Klein, and he is an owner of Care Patrol, helping people navigate the assisted living or the staying at home system, the chronic care issues in their lives. So Eric, you know, I've been a financial gerontologist for a very long time and also an elder law attorney. And I can tell you that these chronic things, diseases are very, very expensive. And uh, my question to you on this, because you also work with the families to see what they could afford, and you just told us they hardly have ever long-term care insurance, is this, by and large, are they taking this out of savings? Are they selling their homes? Are they using annuities? How are people, what you called in the middle category, actually paying for all this? Right. So we're finding that less than 5% of the clients that we deal with actually have long-term care insurance. And of the ones that do, that insurance is a supplement to their care. It does not cover the entire cost of their care. So the solution and the answer to that is really all of the above. Uh, people are using savings. They are using equities in their home, equity in their home. They are using annuities. Uh, 
Sometimes there's a family contribution involved. There could be a VA benefit that they're eligible for. And we go through all those potential payer sources so that they can put together the money to keep them in that community and age in place. Yeah. And once again, uh, how do we find Care Patrol? You can find Care Patrol at our website, carepatrol.com. Now, some exciting things are, are happening. And I'm really not sure how it's going to fit into the world of assisted living. So let me lay it out to you and you'll tell me. I really do work with a lot of geroscientists. And what they are finding is that they can do certain things to delay the chronic diseases of aging. And what they can do about it sometimes is a pill that goes through the FDA. Sometimes it's a device. Sometimes it's just monitoring. All the time it's eating better and exercising and so on. But we really are staying healthier through our 80s. It's usually around 86 to 92 that we start this chronic decline. And they're fighting that. And they have a lot of people who've been able to stay quite healthy through 100, even 106. Are the assisted living communities seeing that change of healthier longevity longer? And if they are, what are they doing to offer a healthy 80 or 90-year-old? Because we still need socialization. We still don't have much of a place to make contributions in this society. Are you seeing any efforts not to give to the elder, but take from the elder so that they can be more contributory? That, that makes me upset, I have to tell you this, Eric, when I don't see elders contributing or having any activities where they contribute, only people are coming to them to give them something as if they're just totally needy and have nothing to offer. But I could be wrong. Maybe this is all changing. Well, you know, you're correct to say that we have done an amazing job of delaying disease and prolonging life, but the key is to increase the quality of that life. And there are assisted livings that have done an amazing job through uh, diet and nutrition and socialization to keep people engaged. And I am starting to see a trend of using the vast variety of experience, the life experience and the background of seniors so that they can give back and contribute to communities. I spoke to an owner of a small group home that's an assisted living recently, and he has a plan to get a senior that is technically savvy to lead the technology group for the rest of the community so that seniors can get on with, uh, with tablets, with high-speed internet, with telehealth. And he's using his skill set to stay active, to give back to the community, and everyone's going to benefit from it. You know, I love those stories. I really do. And I just wish there were just more of them. So to me, where a senior living community can start to really look at the fact that people are coming into their uh, residences much older, staying healthier much longer. And if geroscience has its way, it's going to continue that. So what can they offer? What they can offer is what you say, quality of life, really great life experiences. Uh, and, uh, and I'll put my other plug in, you know, we spend 18% of our GNP on healthcare in this country. That is the highest amount of money of any westernized country in the world. And we're only about the middle of healthy longevity. We're very good, as you say, in cures. It's a great place to be sick. It is not such a great place to stay well. <clears throat> so, uh, at the end of this, tell us some of the things that you thought were the best programs or you know, really stellar programs in 
behavioral health uh, that really did encourage people to exercise, eat right. What's impressed you? You know, the trend towards healthy choices, farm to table, um, less fast food, more whole food experience, uh, the incorporation of um, alternative medicine like acupuncture and supplementation. Those things all encourage me um, because it's treating the senior as a whole. And, you know, when we start to work with those seniors, they become our family. We love them and we really want to save them all. And by teaming up with a community that offers all those benefits, we can work with them to help seniors finish strong. You know, I'm going to say something. Let us say it's not politically correct. The um, woman who I spoke to yesterday, and I've spoken about her on this show maybe four times already, she's 95 years old. Uh, she's brilliant. She was always brilliant. She's a PhD. Uh, she was one of the leaders in the way we educate kids the right way today, written many books. And here's what's not politically correct. The people around her are not very smart compared to her. They're pretty smart, but not compared to her. She can't find her intellectual level, period, at this place. And I bet that that would have been something you would have considered. And she could have been placed in, a, it's a lovely place, but she could have been placed in a community that has more of an intellectual, I mean, uh, she wants to be near her kids, but I know LaSalle University, for example, has an assisted living where everybody goes to college. They still go to school. There's so many things like that. So picking the right place for you is very much like picking the right place for you when you're younger. Who's in the community? What do you like to do? Are you an arts person, an outside person? That sort of thing. And I'm pretty sure you deal with that all the time. Am I right? I mean, that's really what you're, what you're looking to see. Where's the right place for the person? Oh, no question about it. That fit is so important. I am working with a woman now that was very active politically in the 60s. That is an intellectual with an amazing mind. And she needed a placement with peers. And because we are in and out of the communities every day, we know the makeup of those communities and what the residents do and what their interests are. And we were able to pair her up with a community that had a judge, a professor, and a scientist that were all her age, that were her intellectual peers. And she's just beyond herself. She's having an amazing time there. Yeah. And she was set up for success. Well, we thank you so much. And this is the way I set up every week my listeners for success. I say it is your role now to get out there, make the changes that you want to see in the world. So thank you so much, Eric. And for the rest of you, get out there, kids, and make it happen. 